0: Good morning, I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 24th. In today's news, Trump finally makes good on a promise to a Gold Star family. Your 401 k is safe, and a suspicious government contract has the interior secretary on the defensive. But first, the big idea. Experts agree that President Trump should not spike the football after victory in Raqqa. Kurdish-led forces with significant support and air cover from the U.S. military declared victory last Friday in Raqqa, Syria, which had been the self-described capital of the Islamic State for the past four years. Trump has been on a victory lap the last couple days, taking personal credit for the win. He said in a radio interview, quote, ISIS is now giving up, They're giving up. They're raising their hands. They're walking off. Nobody has ever seen that before. The conservative radio host asked Trump why it hadn't happened earlier. Quote, because you didn't have Trump as your president, Trump replied. But don't unfurl the mission accomplished banner just yet. Veterans of the war in Iraq caution against declaring that the Islamic State is in its last throes, as Dick Cheney infamously did in May 2005 with the Iraq insurgency. To be sure, retaking Raqqa was a big win for America, Three years after seizing a swath of land the size of Belgium, across Syria and Iraq, the Islamic State no longer holds any major cities and is clinging only to one sizable stretch of territory spanning the border between the two countries. But the cost of victory has been high. Much of the city of Raqqa now lies in ruins. The water supply and electricity grid have been shattered. More than a 1,000 civilians were killed in the fight, according to monitoring groups. More than 270,000 people have fled the city since June. Many are camped across a network of poorly supplied displacement camps with little hope of being able to return home anytime soon. More importantly, new conflicts loom. Now that their capital is gone, ISIS will likely shift back toward guerrilla warfare. This is one reason why members of Trump's national security team have been much more circumspect than the president and people like Steve Bannon, who have also said it's a big win. CIA Director Mike Pompeo warned that Islamic State militants remain capable of orchestrating and carrying out an attack against the United States, even after being evicted from Raqqa. Other reasons to worry? Rapid advances by Russian and Iranian-backed government forces in eastern Syria are thwarting the U.S. military's hope of pressing deeper into Islamic State territory after winning the battle for Raqqa. An expansion of territory held by forces loyal to President Bashar al-Assad is likely to provide Assad with additional leverage in political negotiations over Syria's future, talks the United Nations hopes to reconvene next month. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, a Republican who led an army platoon in Iraq a decade ago, warned yesterday of Iran filling the vacuum left over by the retreat of ISIS, and he worries that Assad's regime in Syria is only going to become stronger. Moreover, discussing the botched mission in Niger that recently left four U.S. soldiers dead, Cotton harkened back to Iraq. He said yesterday that as the actual caliphate falls, one fear that he has is that we may see a growing number of Islamic State cells in places like Africa or Afghanistan or around the world. It's possible you could see some of the most dangerous foot soldiers or high commanders of the Islamic State escaping Iraq and Syria and getting into some of those new safe havens. And that is the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the controversy over Trump's treatment of fallen service members continued Monday, even escalated, when the grieving widow of one of four US soldiers killed in Niger broke her silence and described how the president's blunders on his condolence call left her angry and in tears. The widow confirmed an account by a congresswoman that Trump had denied last week on Twitter, which is that the president stumbled over her husband's name. In related news, the father of another fallen U.S. soldier, finally received the $25,000 that Trump promised him over the phone three months ago. The check was dated October 18th, the same day that the Washington Post approached the White House about the pledge that Trump had made but not fulfilled. Number two, Trump promised yesterday that the GOP will not touch tax benefits for 401k retirement plans as part of an overall tax package. That promise would protect a popular benefit for more than 50 million Americans, but it also further limits the areas where Republicans can seek to raise new revenue. Republicans are expected to release a comprehensive bill as soon as next week. The indecision shows the competing pressures that tax writers face as they attempt to deliver the massive tax cuts Trump has promised while also minimizing the effect of the tax cuts on the debt. Number three. A $300 million contract to restore Puerto Rico's electric grid was awarded to a tiny for-profit company from Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke's hometown in Montana. The contract for Whitefish Energy is an unusual arrangement that's now being scrutinized by Congress. The company had only two employees when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, but it has now dispatched 280 people to the island, a number that grows daily. Zinke's office said he had no role in Whitefish securing the contract, but an NBC affiliate in Montana quoted the chief executive of the company earlier this month saying he'd asked Zinke for help in getting personnel and equipment to the island. The House Committee on Natural Resources is now examining the contract. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 24th. You can read much more about Iraq, including an interesting back and forth between Steve Bannon, the former White House chief strategist, and David Petraeus, the former CIA director who oversaw the Iraq surge 10 years ago, in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.